Hey guys, welcome back to A Bite of D&D, the podcast that adds flavor to your games and campaigns. I am Zach, your host, and across the internet is my co-host, Micah. Hey guys. And today, we're going to talk about another race from Volo's Guide to Monsters. We're going to talk about the Mighty Goliath. So, we're excited for a couple of different reasons to talk about these guys. So, Micah, why don't you start us off with a little introduction for those who don't have this book. I think they're also, well, anyhow, for those who don't have this book, tell us what we're looking at. So Goliaths are a half giant race. So they're very large. Uh, They still count as medium sized creatures, but they get a, a few things to kind of show that they're bigger and stronger than that, that we'll touch on a little bit later. But these guys are half giants and they're all about kind of proving themselves their their society is very much about strength they live in very harsh conditions and they typically don't live very long lives because they're constantly seeking glory and battle and accomplishments and to outdo the things they've already done and weakness is just simply not tolerated in their society if, if you're too weak to care for yourself you're left behind or kind of just expected to leave and let the elements take you. So it's it's a very rough society, but a very strong group of members. Men and women are treated equally. They're both expected to do all the same work and really be able to handle the same situations. And those races and cultures that kind of separate them out, they view as inferior or laughable. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities to be had, I think, between Goliaths and dwarves and Goliaths and orcs. Just in kind of not they're not the same, but they you could draw some parallels there. Yeah, it's very much about strength, proving yourself, glory. Yeah, dwarves are going to be more close knit, familial ties. Goliaths are going to be more you need to prove yourself and then keep proving yourself in order to be part of us. And I don't think orcs ever really get that close knit, at least most of the time. No, it's uh, definitely more about the strongest prevail. Like if you combined orc and dwarf into a horrible amalgamation you'd kind of come out to something probably approximate well i want to talk and i want to hear your thoughts about ways that we can tweak or or how we would reflavor these guys or ways to bring them out of the mountains and into other areas of of a campaign world so you had some ideas on where giants or goliaths might pop up elsewhere other than the spine of the world yeah, so I, I think for starters, it needs to be a harsh environment. I don't think yeah. you have a Goliath that is not constantly tested by the elements and, and testing their, their own metal against them. So I think no matter where you put these guys, it should be a similar situation to the cold, unforgiving mounds. It should be harsh. So I feel like we talk about them every episode that we do, but I want to see Sea Reaver Goliaths. Viking-esque Goliaths going out on their longboats or maybe ships that they've pillaged for themselves. And I would probably remove a couple of the Goliath traits that they get for being in the mountains. So they have Stone's Endurance, which allows you to take a D12 and mitigate some damage once per short rest. And then they've got Mountainborn, which allows them to be acclimated to 20,000 feet above sea level to be able to deal with colder environments. And I think if you scrap those two and give them a swim speed, that's a, a pretty fair trade-off and it makes sense for them constantly being in that type of environment i think they could make some pretty sweet vikings and there's plenty of monstrous sea creatures that they could test themselves against 
yeah, that's one thing that I like about Goliath and kind of their their design is that they're always unsatisfied with what they've conquered. Like they always want the bigger fish, the bigger kill. It says, you know, in, in the book it says if they kill a dragon, that's a great thing, except now they're gonna want to try to find something to conquer that's bigger than a dragon. A larger, um, more powerful worm. Exactly. And I just think that that's a fun, that would be a fun thing to play. Uh, dwarves have some of that, I think. But I think dwarves do it for their personal vanity. Dw- yeah, think- dwarves want to go home at the end of the day, go to the tavern, and brag about their exploits to their buddies. Right. They, they want and a Goliaths, good story. Yeah, Goliaths want to do it because they feel compelled to do it to prove themselves to their tribe. And I think that that's a really interesting way of looking at things for them. And I think that it does translate well into C, or you had talked about maybe a, a desert variety, which I think is another good harsh climate. Desert's the other one I kind of liked. Again, it's another very harsh environment. Instead of you know dealing with maybe the elements uh, upon the mountaintop or the, the raging storms at sea, you've got the biting winds, the heat. And there's all sorts of baddies you could throw in a desert. I kind of like the idea of them being nomadic tribes that kind of pillage old tombs and ancient civilizations for tools and stuff. And then you've got mummies and undead that they're dealing with, giant scorpions. Like, you've got a bunch of cool beasties that you could have them fight as part of their structure and their society there. I like, I really like the idea that, like, their tribes of Goliaths are like dungeon raiders. Like that's how they survive. Like that's their that's their threshing fields. That's where they go to like get what they need to survive is by going into these highly dangerous areas, these crypts and tombs, and raiding them and hauling what no what no one else could back to the surface to sell or or trade with other societies. Now, one thing I think, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I think if I did a desert Goliath, I might almost trade their strength for decks and make them a smaller type of goliath i almost feel like evolution would favor the smaller ones just because being that large in a desert with that much heat i feel like would be a detriment i think i would i i I like that i would probably let the decks happen and i would probably get rid of powerful build but keep the size like the seven to eight foot tall so they're not as powerful as a regular goliath but they still have the height of a goliath As far as abilities, I'm not sure what I would do there. Again, I don't think Stone's Endurance and Mountainborn would make a whole lot of sense. However, with the environment being what it is, I almost like the idea of them having almost a favored terrain type feature specific to desert, similar to how rangers have, or at least the ability to reliably find like water in the desert. They know some tricks in order to to, to scrounge something up. So I have a little... A stupid, stupid little game. This is one of Zach's stupid things that he does on our podcast from time to time. So bear with me here, okay? I have the Goliath book open, and I have the Dwarf book open. And and I just, it struck me as kind of funny. So Goliath, one of the big flavor pieces that they have in the book is that Goliaths have nicknames. And they go by these nicknames almost exclusively sometimes. And... I would give you an example of this nickname, but I want you to play a little game with me, if you don't mind, Micah. I have the books open, and I'm going to read a dwarf clan name or a Goliath nickname, and you tell me which <laughs> one it is. 
Are you ready? All right. Uh, let's see. What about steady hand? We'll do three of these. Steady hand. All right. I'm gonna. Here's my reasoning. Steady hand to me, if it were a Goliath, would imply. I guess it could be throwing a javelin, but to me, I think a bow. And for a dwarf, they're typically craftsmen. I think I feel like it makes more sense for a dwarf because my first thought was a bow. If it because I feel like it has to be something martial for a Goliath, and I don't think they'd use a bow when they're they're focused around strength and everything else. I think they'd be in their face. So I'm gonna go steady hand as dwarf. It is a Goliath. Really? Now, yes. Now this is this is it's it's just kind of funny. Uh, let me read another one. Like I said, we'll only do three. So steady hand. Let's talk about Dawn Caller. All right, dwarves live underground. They don't care about the sun. That's my final answer. It's Goliath. That's correct. That's correct. Now, how about an easy one to to settle this thing? What? Who would would you think that it is a dwarf or a Goliath who is called Iron Fist? <sighs> All right. Um, I I'm gonna give it to gonna give it to dwarf. Two for three. He did a great job. Anyhow, that's it's pretty stupid. Uh, it wasted four minutes of our lives, but I, I did kind of. It just struck me as funny. Like how many how many races in this in the books have like these two word, two noun or adjective noun names, and it's like oh, but these are clan names. No, but these are nicknames. Like that's the only real difference is that they're key to fantasy writing and your own games or video game titling, or any other projects you're working on. Just choose any two words and mash them together. That's how you yes. build monsters as well. Pick two different monsters, mash them together. And that's how you create really deep races and backgrounds yes. for those races in your game, is just have all their names be two words, and those two words tie directly to the type of people that they are. Yes, if he is a village worker and he helps build houses, clearly he's a Thatcher. I guess that's and not he's two totally words. Like, so, uh, oh, roof home Thatcher. Th- yeah, home Thatcher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Look at that. That is premium, premium A-grade content right there. You can find it on DM's Guild. Pay what you want. Happy to take whatever donations that you have for us. <laughs> so is there anything else? I mean – I like Goliath a lot. I've played a Goliath. I really enjoy them. But it, there's not a whole lot that I don't think we haven't already discussed on these guys. But do you have anything else that you want to Well, there's go actually over? one. I, I think you brought it up. I would actually, because Goliaths are all about the harsh elements proving themselves, everything else, I think it would be kind of fun to have one clan that kind of flips the script. And you have the, the shepherd Goliaths who live out on the plains Oh, yeah. And they live a relatively easy life. They all grow old and die in their sleep and are kind of mocked by all the other Goliath clans because they view them as weak. But for the normal person, they'd still be terrifying because instead of herding sheep or cattle, these guys herd gorgons or some other large beast around that uh, a normal person would be terrified of dealing with. Giant elk even would be fun. Yeah, giant giant elk, something like that. Something that still gives merit to their size and strength, but they have, for one reason or another, uh, kind of strayed away from the normal behaviors or or lifestyle of the Goliath race. Yeah, I think Shepherd Goliath 
would be fun. Now, there is one last thing that I'll mention before we shut down. I am getting ready to start a Storm King's Thunder campaign, and I am I have allowed players to build, and one person is building a Goliath PC for this campaign. And I'm really excited to see how that changes the story within this campaign as especially as it progresses and tensions become higher between the Sword Coast civilizations and the giant kind. I know, at least in my mind, the giants aren't part of the ordining, uh, which is kind of the ranking system of giant kind among uh, to their deity. I don't think that they really rank among that, but I don't think that the average person is going to really care or know well i feel like a giant would still view them as one of the the little races yeah they're going to be caught between a rock and a hard place and that yeah exactly like what you said the giants are going to see them as a lesser race like dragon see dragonborn is not dragons but the people the humans and the elves and the dwarves and everybody are going to look at goliath and say well you're obviously not one of us you're obviously one of them so i think it's going to be interesting to see yeah, it, it it throws them into a lot more potentially interesting social interactions. And many of you have probably dealt with this before. We have never really done the book campaigns. In fact, this may be my first non-Pathfinder book campaign. I don't think I've done a single book campaign since I started 5e. Yeah, I think you're 99% right. We did do a few adventures from Tales of the Yawning Portal. Yeah, that's um, but that doesn't really count. So it's a good book, though. Well, yeah, because the the Forge of Fury. We did the Forge yeah. of Fury. Yeah. So I I would say though, as we're, if I, I think it's fine to talk about Storm Kings for a minute, since we're talking about Goliaths, I would say tell those listeners that we I actually picked it to run out of all the campaign books. Um, I am most excited to run this one, even knowing what I know about the chaos and dead space that is contained within this book. I think that we're going to have a really great time with it. We are not going to bore you to death, uh, listeners, with recaps and retellings of things that have happened. But as we get into it, I might, as it pertains to our subject matter, I might tell you how it's going or what we think of it going in. But Well, I think one thing that maybe we'll do, and we haven't discussed this yet, but... uh... You did order Matt Colville's Strongholds book. Yeah. That got pushed back a little bit here, but I think it'd be good for us to do maybe a review on that once we've gotten some time to to play with yeah. it. So that'll be coming out in the future and as I well. Think, exactly. And I think that that one is going to be really good once the PCs uh, reach the Savage Frontier in Chapter 3. I think that's a perfect time to start introducing the Strongholds book to help fill some of that dead space and create other options for players to to explore. I don't know how long we'll last in this, but I, I'm down to, to run a whole 1 to 20 if we need to out of this book. So anyhow, we're excited about it. It kind of pertains to Goliath, so we thought we'd bring it up. But yeah, I think that about wraps up what I have to say about this race. Excited. They're not super weird, so I don't think you lose a whole lot or have to bring in a whole lot to your campaigns by allowing them as a playable race. I think if we added anything else, if you're playing one, just keep in mind those things that kind of drive the Goliath. Like, you should be seeking glory. If your 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 allies are hesitant or scared, maybe give them a demeaning nickname. 
because Goliaths kind of assign nicknames based on the feats of their companions. So Dirk Kisser. Yellow bellied. (laughs) (laughs) I don't Uh, think they'd be very creative either. It'd be like, yeah, Dirk Kisser, yellow bellied. Just let them know what your Goliath thinks of them and spur them to action through condemnation. That is words of wisdom to carry with you throughout your entire life, not just in D&D. That's right. So, <laughs> so all right, we're going to end this thing. So we appreciate you guys listening in, tuning in this week. Uh, next week, uh, I don't know what we've got in the store for you next week, so I guess it'll be a surprise. But we'll catch you then. See you guys. And if you think about it, we don't push this a whole lot, but if you leave us a review, uh, good or bad, any feedback is welcome. Let us know what you think of us. Uh, we've got our link in the description down below. See you guys. Sounds great. Sounds great.